The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed, but what had been said, what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen just as it had been told to them. When eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year 2020. We made it. Huh? Good job. We made it 2020. It's always amazing. I'm sure many of you as you're celebrating or if you stayed up at all, and when you watch the news coverage of all the different celebrations throughout the world and they pan from, uh, you know, from New York City and all parts of the world, looking all over, especially in Times Square, you ever see those people all jammed in like, 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 like tuna fish or sardines jammed, packed in? I don't know about you, but that, that looks horrible to me. Right, back then, and the first, I don't know about you, but I was like, where did they go to the bathroom? Because right? I don't see any porta potties on the side, and they just all jumped back in there, sitting there, waving their hands, screaming in the cold. I said, like, that's horrible. Why would you do that to yourself, right? right? Be at home, relaxing, and taking it easy. But it's amazing because, as we all know, just every new year, it's the same thing. It's this joy, we come together, and it's excitement, because as we ring in the new year, and then 2020 unfolds before us. And what's amazing about this, because we have no idea what 2020 will bring. None of us do. As well, it's a beautiful thing that, in God's providence, it works out that we celebrate this day as a holy day of obligation. The solemnity of the Blessed Mother of God as we now prayerfully entrust whatever happens through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. Why? From the very beginning, Mary has been a pivotal figure for Christians from the very, very beginning. Or if you go all the way back to uh, Holy Saturday, if you recall, remember, Good Friday, Jesus dies. Everybody leaves Jesus except Mary. Right? If you think about it powerfully, the entire faith of Christianity rested in one person on, good, on a Holy Saturday. Mel Gibson in his movie, The Passion of the Christ, captured it beautifully. Remember that beautiful scene, Jesus is, is chained in the cistern of Caiaphas' high palace, and Jesus is chained there, and that beautiful scene, it, this is all, all Mel Gibson's speculation, but Mary's there. She somehow senses Jesus' presence beneath the stones, beneath the floor, and Mary gently puts her head against the stone as if trying to say, Jesus, Mom's here. 
I'm, I'm here. I'm not leaving you. Everybody else left him. The entire faith of Christianity rested in one woman. And that is why, from the very beginning, Christians have always turned to Mary and said, pray for us. You know, I think a big part of the confusion, that, especially that we have with our non-Catholic brothers and sisters, is the language of pray. Oftentimes we're accused of worshiping Mary, or they tell us, why don't you just pray straight to Jesus? Why do you have to complicate it and bring Mary into this? Well, it's because it's how the, it's how the body is constructed. We're meant to be a family united in Christ. And I think a huge part of the confusion as well is, is that oftentimes our Protestant brothers and sisters use the word pray in only in relation to God. But as Catholics, we actually take a broader approach with that word. We use the old English use of that language. Think of Shakespeare now, for those Shakespeare fans. If you hear of old English, oftentimes you hear the language, I pray thee, and then they'll say another word, I pray thee, close the door. <laughs> Not... Shakespeare is more eloquent than that, but, but in Old English, when you say pray, it's actually used in the sense of to ask. Ask. So whenever we use the language in Catholic parlance, pray to Mary, pray to St. Joseph, pray to this saint or that saint. What we're actually saying in our language is, ask Mary to help you with this situation. Ask Joseph to help you with that situation. See, that's how we use it within the Catholic context. But in, in other Protestant groups, they don't use that language. That's why the confusion when they hear us saying Catholics, oh, you worship saints. That's the confusion because, again, they're using it in a more laser focus. We have a broader use in the English language. Right? That's, how we, that's the confusion. But what's beautiful about it, whenever the church was in crisis, she always turned to Mary from the very beginning. Mary holding the faith of church together on Holy Saturday. Mary there when they when they remember when the apostles were cowering in fear before the Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room. Guess who was there holding their, the faith of the apostles together? Who were terrified, cowering in fear. Mary was there, resolute. We don't know what Mary told the apostles, but we knew she was present in the upper room. I imagine she was saying to them, don't be afraid. Stay strong in the faith. Hold fast. Hold fast in the faith. Stay firm. Because notice how in the beautiful gospel today, what Mary does here. As we've been meditating upon all of the different stories today of, of the nativity in this past Christmas season, of Joseph fleeing to Egypt, going back to, going back to, to Nazareth and settling there, and all this great, this, 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 this great narrative of Jesus. Not that Mary understood everything, but notice the example of Mary. She says they kept all these things in her heart, reflecting on them, meaning she held fast with, the, with what God was asking of her and never wavered. She never wavered. Because whatever the world in the world happens, stay close to Mary. And I've shared the story before, I'll share it again. It's, it's a powerful story. You know, as, as I was 
I was discerning my call to the priesthood, the rosary, when I was in college. The rosary was a pivotal prayer. I was just starting to pray the rosary. I was learning it well because I was, as a kid, my mom had taught me to pray the rosary. And then, by God's grace, I started to pick it up myself and I was praying it every day. And as the Lord put the idea of priesthood on my heart, I, I would say, Lord, what are you talking about? I don't want to be a priest because, you know, the whole celibacy thing is weird. It's bizarre. And, and so what do I do? I said, whatever, Lord, uh, prepare my heart if I'm going to be a priest and I pray the rosary. That, that, that was my routine. Lord, prepare my heart to be a priest, pray the rosary. And then when I finally had the courage to tell my parents that I wanted to become a priest, I still remember that conversation well. It was in the evening. I called them into the garage. I said, Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I want to become a Catholic priest. And then my mom cried tears of horror. <laughs> tears of horror. Even though my mom was a faithful Catholic, my mom prayed the rosary even back then seven times a day. She was a holy, holy when she prayed hours and hours every single day. But she didn't want me to become a priest. I told them 2002, if you remember back in current church history, what was happening in 2002, that was the first wave of the sex abuse scandal exploding onto the scene. And if you remember, we were getting headlines every single day of the horrific behavior of priests. And, long, and the long nightmare of the church abuse scandal was beginning. That was 2002. And here I am. Hey, mom, I want to become a priest. I want to jump in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to do that. My mom was saying, don't do it. Don't do it. It's too hard for you. You will fail. A couple of days later, my mom told me another story. I had no idea that she was doing this. She told me only after the fact. She was praying one day, as she always did, in front of her. We have a little altar, or home, a beautiful statue of our Blessed Mother. She was there praying. And as she was praying her rosary, as she normally did, she said she heard a whisper. It began as a whisper. Let him become a priest. Let him become a priest. And she was confused. Said, Who? Brian? He never told me anything. I never told my mom, my parents, anything I was discerning. Let him become a priest. She ignored it. Next day, she prayed the rosary. Voice came back. Each time, will come back louder and louder. Let him become a priest. Let him become a priest. This went on for weeks. Voice kept coming back. And finally, in frustration, my mom yelled, Find God whatever you want. <laughs> Next day was when I called them to that garage and I told my mom, I want to become a Catholic priest. And what's beautiful about this is that here I was as a kid, I get on campus, praying my rosary, and then here on, on the other side of another city in Sacramento, my mom was praying the rosary and this was happening. I had no idea what was happening. But God in his providence was powerfully arranging different things. Right? See, that's a beautiful thing. As Christians, we believe that God is guiding our lives, guiding our entire history of the church. That God is, that God is arranging things through his providence. And that everything that happens, good and bad, even the bad things in your life that, that happens, it's all under the care of God's providence. That somehow God uses this. And so whenever the church was in turmoil, she always turned to the mother of God. St. John Bosco, the great 19th century saint, he had a famous, famous dream. 
He was famous for his different dreams. God would speak to him through his dreams. And, and we have a book called The Dreams of St. John Bosco. They're powerful dreams. And in one of them, the dreams, he, 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 he dreamt of the church as a huge boat. That's the image of the Catholic Church, a boat. It's an ancient image. And on this boat, well, on the very front of it was the Pope. And as the, boat, as the Pope was trying to guide the boat, all the different waves and the rain and the, it was crashing against the boat, trying to destroy the church. And the Pope was there in the very front trying to guide it between two pillars. Two pillars. So as the world was trying to destroy the church, the Pope was trying to guide the church between two pillars. On the very top of the pillars was the Holy Eucharist and the Blessed Mother. And St. John Bosco woke up, and the message was clear. No matter what happens, guide the church between these two pillars. Deepen your love for the Holy Eucharist, deepen your love for Mary. This was the 19th century, by the way. What would unfold in the 20th century? And I think this was providential. The 20th century would be the bloodiest, the most... Turbulent century on record. World War I happens, the Spanish epidemic, Spanish flu epidemic, World War II, the massive secularization of Europe that's undergoing now, the massive loss of faith in Western civilization, which we're undergoing now. We're, we're feeling the repercussions now, right? Again, more people died in the 20th century than all of human history. I think it's providential. What is it? And no matter what happens, no matter the waves, the storms that happens in our civilization, in our own personal lives, guide your life between those two pillars, the Holy Eucharist and devotion to our Blessed Mother. You do those two things and we will come out of the storm. It is not rocket science. Cardinal Seurat, you know, he's one of the most famous cardinals. He was giving a talk in Paris just a couple of days ago. And in this huge Paris, because he knows, we, we see the trend. And he was telling to the French, but by extension, all of Europe. Because again, Europe is losing its faith. Our, our civilization is jettisoning her, her Christian heritage. And replacing it with secularization, right? With meaning money, power, pleasure. The, the same dumb things that we, we, that we worship, right? place of God, right? And he was telling them, Cardinal Seurat was telling them, he says, we, we, and he was using the image of Notre Dame, saying this is of, of a Notre Dame catching fire. You've seen those images. He said, this is, this is the image of Western civilization right now. This is the image of it. We're collapsing. We're, we're collapsing. But he wasn't, he wasn't trying to scare them. But he was saying, go back to the roots of your ancestors was built the most prosperous civilization on earth. Go back, to, return to your roots. Rebuild the cathedral. How? Get down on your knees. He told them. Get down on your knees. Pray. Love the Holy Eucharist. Love our Blessed Mother. It's not rocket science. And so whatever 2020 brings, you do those two things. Love Our Lady. Love the Eucharist. And as a side note, you know all of the religious orders that are flourishing, that are vibrant, that are growing, that are exploding, right, by the way, 
there are many that are just, they can't build fast enough. There are so many young people that want to become nuns and monks in these, in these religious communities. No matter where you are in the world, there's always two qualities that unite them all. Love of the Holy Eucharist and love of Our Lady. Those two things, no matter, if you go to a vibrant parish, you go to a vibrant religious community, I'd put money on it. Those two things are active there. And so now, my brothers and sisters, as we begin this new year, as we entrust this year to Our Lady, whatever you do this year, eat less, exercising, cleaning your room, right? Being nicer to your family. All of those, all of those things, make sure on the top of that list, Make sure you deepen your love for the Holy Eucharist and Our Lady. And then, we'll be acting like Mary here, who kept all these things reflecting on them in her heart. And everything will be okay. It will. Everything will be okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.